Hello strangers, my name is Rose Gothop. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, check out our websites at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. excited for this new season called The Baroness's Beef. Called that because she has beef with everyone. It's a problem. As with the previous two seasons, we meet a new cast of people and also meet some old returning favourites. This season, we get to meet Adamant's family and find out why it is that he is like that. The events of this season occur while the boys are away at school and then on their quest to the Sisters of the Middle Sun, so it runs parallel to the night's erratic. As more episodes from this new season come online, we will be removing old episodes of The Night's Erratic and putting them up on YouTube and on an archive on our website on thegreenlands.com. For this episode of The Baroness's Beef, I would like to thank our amazing cast, Andrew Veal, Charles Mode, David McCran, Helen Vary, Kitty Bennett, Linda Dutson, Sam Parry, Sophie Cole, Vicky Holding and Zoe Cunningham. I hope you all have a lovely and fantastic week. Scene 23, Exterior Village, Backstreet, Afternoon. Burb and Kazak are alternately throwing a small ball at the wall and catching it. They both look bored. Yeah, but if we're not allowed to fire anything, how are we going to get good at it? That's only a problem if you have to learn how to kill things. Try hacking away at the rock face all day. I hate it. Yeah, but adults do boring things anyway. We don't have to, you know. My uncle Zebedine invented things. What? Invented? He made up new devices for new ideas, you know. Wait, and people paid him for doing this? Yeah. If his device worked, see, then it was a new invention. That's easy. We can do inventing then. Well, uh, reckon we could. We just need to think of something to invent then, see? Bird becomes sterilely preoccupied, catches the ball and turns it around in his hand. Yeah! Scene 24. Interior castle dining hall. Day. The family are at the table, with two maids coming in and out, serving and removing. There is also a handsome, personable young man seated there too. Ethelberta proffers a dish of beans to the young man. Do have some of these beans. Our gardener prides himself on his beans. Lord Greenhurst takes a dish and offers it silently, with a smile, to Yisa, who is seated next to him. She curtly shakes her head and turns it away, so he nods and helps himself. And how is the Countess of Squag? My mother is well, Baroness. She sends her regards. Ethelberta looks gratified. I believe that the Baron, my husband, is to take you out on foot this afternoon for some coursing. Um, 
Cook asked me for some hairs. Yes, she's going to jug them. Louisa, will you be accompanying your father while they walk out? No. I beg your pardon, dear? I'm sure the average young lady doesn't care to stand around and watch men chase animals, Mom. He turns and smiles at Yisa, who shrugs, facially, in a don't-care mode. I'm washing my hair this afternoon, Mother. I'd like to jug her. The Baroness laughs, snatches up another dish, and offers it to her husband. Uh, carrots, dear. Well, I will, but you know they give me the itch. Scene 25. Interior castle, Baron's bedroom, night. The Baron comes into Ethelberta's bedroom from the guard robe, scratching himself. Ethelberta is just finishing disrobing. She thanks the maid, who leaves. The Baron climbs into the bed, and Ethelberta sits on it, in her shift, plaiting her hair. However are we going to get Uisa married? She refuses them all. Well, do what we did in my day. Tie her up and make it a private wedding. My dear, don't be such a barbarian. What would the groom's parents think? If Uisa doesn't know a good thing when she sees it, we must act for her, and that's that. The Baron is lying on his back, and Ethelberta climbs into bed. She tries to snuggle up to him, but he stiffens and is unaccommodating. You've hardly visited me since you got back from the Red Wars, my little beefcake. The Baron shrugs awkwardly and turns over away from her. Yes, well, sometimes you just don't feel like it. Night, dear. Ethelberta turns over the other way from him too, and lies sadly reflecting on the end of their intimacy. Scene 26. Interior Village. Draper's shop. Day. The doorbell sounds as Stettel comes into the shop. Mistress Walleye steps through to attend to him. She nods with a sour face. Morning. Ah, good morning, my good woman. Who's that, then? It's just that priest, who still owes us. Oh, him, then. I do have every intention of paying my debts, of course, Mistress Walleye. It's just that. We know. It's just that. Your glebe is so small. Your glebe is so small. Wine costs that much. Wine costs that much. And... And you have to live like a gentleman. You have to live like a gentleman. Oh, you know then. The draper's wife rolls her eyes. Yes. Well, what is it now? Well, um, if you could see your wage for just a modest gown of broadcloth, um, blue, I would be ever so grateful, Mistress Walleye. And when will we be seeing the money, eh? Oh, uh, I shall be getting some ready money quite soon. Well, hope springs eternal then, eh? Give us a fortnight then. She nods and disappears through the door behind the counter. Uh, thank you, Mistress Walleye. Um, thank you. Scene 27. Interior Castle Solar. Evening. Ethelberta and Imelda are embroidering. Ethelberta is sitting opposite to the Baron at the fire. The Baron is whittling a stick to make it into an axe handle. He whittles and then fits it. Then he repeats. And then I said to her that just because we don't have a castle full of armed retainers doesn't mean that our family stands lower in the eyes of the county. The Baron drops his hands and glares at Ethelberta. If I hear about these wretched retainers again, I'll... But I was only saying what the Countess said, Harold. I don't care who says what to who. I don't want to hear about it. Get it? 
There's no need to take that tone, Harold. I was only talking to Imelda. This has nothing to do with Imelda. Imelda gets quietly up and tiptoes nervously out of the solar. Ethelberta angrily gets up and throws her embroidery on the chair. Really, Harold, you've been a thorough bear since getting back. And I have a right to my own opinions anyway. The Baron shoots to his feet and chucks the axe onto the floor. Not if they make my life a misery. He stalks out and Ethelberta stands, looking a mixture of hurt and self-righteousness. Scene 28. Interior. Stettel's house study. Afternoon. Four men in tradesmen's dress are seated around a table playing cards. There are tankards as well as cards on the table. One man chucks his cards on the table, smiles sardonically at Stettel and addresses him. So, that's now 18 florins you're owing me, Stettel? He puts his hand out. Oh, um, not just now, Woking. I'm just a little stretched. Woking gets up. We're all a little stretched. Are you saying you ain't gonna pay me? Um, no, no, it's just... It's just the half-castes, like yourself, especially those with more goblin than human, are, well, i found them to be more untrustworthy. Stettel gets up and smiles. Oh, come now, good man, Woking. Woking pushes back his chair and signals to the others to do so, which they do. I'll be around for it next week, Stettel. I want to see it on this table or I'll be smashing your head like an egg. He storms out and is followed by the others. Scene 29, Interior Castle Solar, Evening. Burb is smashing something together with the pestle in a mortar as he sits on a stool nearish to the fire. Ethelberta comes in and sits down. Imelda is sitting at a little distance, already there, doing her interminable embroidery. Good evening, Smelly. Imelda looks up. Oh, hello, Bertie. Did you manage to get the wool, then? Yes, but it's not a very good blue, though. Oh, well, thank you anyway. Bert, what on earth are you bashing? She picks up and resumes her sewing. Oh, it's salty pizza, Mother. Oh, very nice, dear. I'm afraid, though, that I've had a complaint from our head groom and the steward about your lurking around the stables and dovecote worrying the animals. Oh, that's all right, Mater. Just collecting some salty pizza. He continues his bashing, and Ethelberta looks confused. Oh, that's explained, then. The Baron comes in and throws himself into his fireside chair. Ugh, got a stinker of a headache. Oh, poor Harold. She rummages in her nearby reticule and extracts a paper of powder. She adds it to a tankard by her side and offers it to him. There, that will make you better. Just give it a swirl around. Oh, thanks, Ethelberta. He drinks it. Look, I've warmed your slippers. Burb, put your father's slippers on him. Burb hurries to comply. I've ordered Cook to make your favourite steak and kidney pie with oysters tonight, dear. Oh, have you? Good, good, that's splendid. He sinks back into his chair, sips his brew, waggles his slippered toes at the fire and sighs deeply. <sighs> Ethelberta smiles. I don't know if you want to join us, but the Duchess of the Great Lands is coming for afternoon tea tomorrow, Harold. She has a son going wanting. Oh, count me out, Ethel. Can't abide the woman. Tell me how much dowry the hag wants later. 
Certainly, Harold. Burb jumps up. I'm just going to get some more. The gong goes for dinner. No, you're not. There's your dinner gong. Go and check your sister's ready. Burb scoots out. Ethelberta holds out her arm so as to lay it on the Baron's arm. He gets up so that she can, and they process out, followed by Imelda. Scene 30. Interior. Castle. Baron's bedroom. Night. The Baron is lying in bed, under the covers, on his back, and having a good scratch. The door from the garderobe opens, and Ethelberta comes out. She pulls down the rest of her shift, comfortably, and resumes doing some plaiting in her hair, as she comes to a halt, concentrating on it. The Baron eyes her. You know, you're not half a bad woman, Ethel. You've kept your looks, you know. Ethelberta looks up surprised. Oh, thank you, Harold. She smiles, shyly. You're not too bad yourself, beefy cake. She comes towards him and leans over to kiss his cheek. Mm. He opens the covers for her. Well, give us a cuddle then, eh? Ethelberta climbs in. The Baron gives her a smacking kiss, turns her away, and then spoons up to the back of her and falls asleep snoring with his arm around her. The Baroness gives a faint smile and a wistful sigh. (sighs) Scene 31. Exterior woods clearing. Day. Burb and Kazak are depositing little piles of powder on the floor a few yards away from each other. They make four piles. They have a smallish fire also going a good 20 yards away. Look, you stand there and I'll drop the hot coals on and see what happens. Did you mix in the sulphur then? Yeah. What do you think I am? Stupid. So where'd you get it then? Easy. Just told the herbalist that Mother wanted some. Brilliant! He steps back while Burb gets a large hot brand from the fire, and another stick too. Burb walks up to the first pile and gingerly bangs one stick against the hot burning brand, which sparks onto the pile of dust. He rushes away. There is a loud bang. And yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Burb then repeats this with the second pile of powder, with the same success and more yang. Burb holds out the sticks to Kazakh, who takes them. Go on, you try the caterpillar. Do, do. Here goes then, boyo. Burb stands back a bit. Kazakh creeps up to a pile of powder, with a snaky trail of powder coming out of it. He lights the end of the caterpillar, and quickly runs and joins Burb. The powder fuse runs burning along the floor until it hits the pile and then explodes. The boys shriek and dance around with glee. Scene 32. Interior, Stettel's house, living room, day. There is a knock on the door and Stettel goes to open it. There is a young, pert woman with a basket which she hands over to Stettel while executing a quick curtsy. Morning, Father Stettel. Good morning, Daisy. Me mam said as how you could have some of the kale and stuff this time, but you haven't paid her for the last five lots yet. Ah, you see... uh... She says, oh, you can have some roots because we've got a lot of them, but the new expensive veggies will have to stop if you don't pay, you know. No problem, no problem. Be over there soon. The Baron, my brother, has a hand in my finances and he will relieve my creditors as necessary. Daisy curtsies again. I'll tell her you'll be relieving yourself then, father. She hurries away and Stettel, 
looking uncomfortable. But Daisy has hurried away, so Stettel goes inside, closing the door. Interior, Castle Cellars, Day. The Baron opens a door and strides swiftly along the corridors with one of his guards in hot pursuit at his heels. I know that the inspection's supposed to be yearly, but perhaps we could make it bi-yearly, my lord. Well, what in the Greenlands for? Well, the arsenal might have got a bit bigger by then. What? Are you saying that it has got smaller? Well, not just smaller, but just small. Small! They arrive at a door and the Baron throws it open. There is one billhook hanging on the wall. But where's the crossbows? Bear broke one. You lost one, sire. And now you use the other for boar hunting. Yes, well, what about the battle axes? Uh, Bear broke one. You lost one. The woodsman does the fire supply with the other one, and... Yes, yes, but... Are the Morgan stars? But, sire, don't you remember? You and the little master put them under the cushions in the solar when your mother-in-law was visiting. And after she sat on one, uh, my lady ordered them all to be melted down. Huh. Load of fuss over a sore backside. He turns away. Remind me to do something about this, Harry, hmm? Yes, sire. They go out and close the door on the single billhook. Scene 34. Exterior. Castle Parkland. Day. A large, brawny young male, who is wearing his best outfit and looks physically uncomfortable, adjusts his sword and scabbard. He tugs at his tight collar as he walks along. Yisa, in a dress, is walking along, bored, next to him. Yisa looks at the sky for inspiration, or distraction, and sighs. Uh, do you come here often? What? Come here often. I live here, for goodness sake. I don't. Uh... Yes? Uh, no, no, I don't. Well, I know this, Lord Goldbridge. What do you do with your time, then? I kill things. With me father. Not only in the summer. In the winter, we kill animals. Oh, that's very nice, then. She looks around in desperation. Do... do you have any hobbies, perhaps? Or killing plants. Plants? Yeah. When there's no animals to kill, my mother sends us out to do the weeding. She says she wants some peace. Issa looks away to hide her face, as she is trying not to laugh. Um, you sound a very peaceable family. We are. We are. Issa signals back to the castle. Shall we go back now? Lord Goldbridge looks relieved nods and tugs at his uncomfortable collar again. Scene 35, Exterior Castle Gardens, Morning. Ethelberta and Emilda are strolling around the edge of the garden. Ethelberta espies two gardeners planting a little row of plants in a portraiture. She sails up to them and addresses the head gardener. Good morning, Hadridas. The gardener gets up and tugs his forelock. Morning, milady. Good to see more veggies going in for autumn, then. Indeed, my lady. I always want to get my old man's toenails in by late spring. I think you'll find it's old lady's whiskers, Hatterdus. Well, uh, don't you worry your pretty self about my plans, my lady. I know old man's toenails when I sees them. Ethelberta turns to Imelda for support. Miss Ma- um, Imelda, are those not old lady's whiskers? Those are not old lady's whiskers. Oh, Smelly, don't be a traitor, and you know what I mean. Either way. 
If you eat those, you'll get cross eyes and spend a week in the privy. They all wheel around to see Stettel, who has silently approached. Those are young maiden's blushes and are absolutely not edible. I use them in the incense for the sanctuary. He sails off complacently, leaving them goldfish mouthing. Ethelberta recovers first and turns to the gardener. Uh, well, how did us? Um, you better take them out. Uh, take them out again, then. Hmm. Um, and the Duchess of the Great Lands is coming for tea tomorrow. I want the castle filled with flowers, please. Hadrius bows. Oh, uh, uh, yes, my lady. Hadrius looks sourly at the plants and then at his assistant, whom he then cuffs. The young assistant looks surprised and outraged. Ethelberta and Amilda sail on. That was an episode of The Baroness's Beef from The Greenlands Presents. I'd like to thank the brilliant Steve Cummings for editing this episode and the amazing David Berlin for making the music. We're just a small podcast. We don't have any marketing budget or anything, so we rely on word of mouth to get people to hear us. If you like us or think somebody else would like us, please drop us a review or share us on social media. Tag us and we will love you forever. If you want to know more about the worlds of the Greenlands or want to sell your spirits to an ancient and dark nature god, check out thegreenlands.com, the-greenlands.com. If you want to access our archive of previously seasons, check out YouTube channel The Greenlands Official. We love you all. Don't get cursed by a witch. See you next time. Bye.